Welcome to Determined to Succeed. I'm your host, Don Malarney, also known as the Unique Connector. I'm so excited to have Craig joining me today. So I want to first kick it off with, do you view yourself as successful? And how did you get there, Craig? Wow, that's a loaded question. Uh, there's a lot to unpack there. And I think, you know, everybody defines success in a different way. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to have a clear definition of what success means to you. And it's more about personal dreams than it is professionally, but your profession needs to support uh, your life's dreams. And am I successful? I would humbly say I've exceeded what I would expect to have accomplished because I came from a very meager background. Uh, do I feel like it could do more? Yes. Uh, but in my mind, successful is really all about helping others. And we've all been given talents, gifts, and we need to be able to leverage those gifts and talents in order to help others. So my journey, I came from a blue collar family. My father's a carpenter. My mother was a homemaker. No one in, this, in the family ever went to college. Why did Craig decide to go to college? Craig was going to play major league baseball. Ooh. But guess what? what? He, didn't, he didn't have the talent to play major league baseball. So I found out that I had to get a real job. But coming from the background that I did, I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't have a perspective. I did not know what I wanted to do. And it was like, okay, all the smart kids are going to college. I'm not a smart kid, but I should go to college because as much as I respect what my dad does, I can't see myself doing that for the rest of my life. And so I started school. Went to school for two years, um, made some mistakes, ended up getting married and having a child. Uh, those are my mistakes. They're not hers. She's a lovely, lovely lady. Uh, but I had to drop out of, of college to work full time. Mm. And one of the things that I learned, because I worked eight, 48 hours a week in a factory, Caterpillar Tractor Company, third shift, 1117 to 717 in the morning. That's not something I want to do for the rest of my life. So I did that for about six months and I said, you know, I need to go back to school, but I don't know what I want to do. Originally majoring in psychology, too much gray for me. I'm more of a black and white guy. And so I said, I have to figure out what I want to do, but I know college is the right thing to do, or at least I believe it is. And uh, I went to my first marketing class and I said, this is it. It was like the old Ford commercial where the light bulb went on. I said, mm -hmm. this is it. I want to be a marketer. But I have two and a half years of school to go to if I'm going to graduate. So what I learned throughout my entire life, if you have the talent, you want something badly enough, you can't achieve it. So in my particular case, married with a child, working 48 hours a week in a factory third shift, taking 18 semester hours of credit wow. to get through as quickly as I could. And I went to school not to get grades, but to learn. 
And I went on with the attitude, I could care about what grades a kid I just want to learn. Mm -hmm. So I graduated with a three, six and a four. And if you would have known me pre-college, it was all about playing professional sports. And if I got a 2-0, I was happy. I stayed eligible. Or it was 1.8, something like that. And uh, so I, I just said, I did that for two years. I graduated. Went into a corporate marketing environment and said, gosh, I'm not able to influence or impact others. And that's something I really want to do. And the corporate track is not a place for me to go. So I get involved in working with, on the business development side, we'll call it sales and marketing, given my educational background. Mm -hmm. And I started working with these smaller companies, helping them put in the sales infrastructure for growth, the systems they need, making sure that they had the right people in the right seats. And I decided I'm going to go back and get my MBA as well, although I was traveling for four nights a week. So I got through that in two years. Uh, again, did about a 3.4 on a four. And again, it was all about, I'm here to learn the mistake that I made. I had a marketing undergrad and I got a marketing and finance MBA. And it's like, these people that are teaching it really don't understand the real world. They're in academia. They may be consultants occasionally, but they've never actually done it. So, you know, I'm one of those people that believes education is helpful foundationally. Yeah. But experience is the real teacher in life. And as I went through and started working with these smaller companies and growing them, I found that after 18 to 24 months, I got impatient because everything was in maintenance mode. I wanted another mountain to climb. Mm -hmm. I wanted to build something new. So I continued to change jobs and look for the new opportunities. Always successful, highly recommended, but I got bored. Mm -hmm. And so I was, we had a group of people from church and we went on cruise every year. And I'm sitting as the, the women after dinner would go down and get the seats for the show. Mm -hmm. And the men would go to the cigar and brandy bar. And yeah. we'd have our cigar and our brandy. And I'm looking around and the people I'm talking to, they're all business owners. Uh -huh. And they said, Craig, have you ever thought of being a consultant? Mm -hmm. And I said, talk to me more about that. And I talked to them and they validated what I had been doing in the value that I could deliver to others just like them. I'd also worked uh, with one of the top three management consulting firms in the country at that time, and I'll just keep the name out. Uh, but they said, have you ever thought of being a consultant? I go, look, you guys are all Harvard and Stanford MBAs, and you'll you'll occasionally mix in a University of Chicago MBA. I'm not a blue blood. Mm -hmm. I'm just a down to earth kid. And they said, well, you really should explore consulting. And I had a gentleman that I worked with, VP of marketing uh, at another company. He's actually VP of business development, which in that term was market development. And he was a booth school grad out of the university. He goes, you really should be a consultant. So I said, no, I'm going to go to work for a Fortune 50 company. I'm going to be a sales enablement specialist. Oh. And I did that for about a year, bored to death. It was educational, but it was part of the training department. And the people that I was teaching and working with 
were mid and, and senior level sales executives. And I kept getting my hand slapped saying, don't be giving them advice. Your job is to teach the curriculum, stick to the script. And it got to the point, it was uh, the division I was working with, it was about a $3.2 billion division. And the president of the division walked up to me and he goes, I sat in on your session. You did a fabulous job. I'm so proud of you. Thank you very much. Two minutes later, my boss works over, walks over to me. Two levels down. Do you know who that was? Oh, yeah. What are you doing talking with him? Uh, well, he approached me. You shouldn't be talking with him. Find a way to excuse yourself. I do not want you talking to him. Right after she turned out, stomped, and walked away, her boss walks up to me. And she said, you're doing a fabulous job. I just talked with the president and we both agree you're doing great. And I see my boss standing back there like that and smoke's coming out of her nose. And she's like, this guy isn't getting, at that time I said, I'm not built for corporate. So I went out, my journey was, I've been given some gifts. I've been willing to put in some efforts, but I haven't put myself in the right situations. I haven't had the right opportunities. What should I do? So I went out to about a dozen people that I know very well, that know me, I respect them. And I said, I'm looking for your advice. I'm work, looking to work with trusted advisors and small business owners in creating strategic growth plans that will empower them to grow their business significantly as well as predictably and sustainably year after year. Do you think there's a need out there for that? Absolutely. Do you think that I can make money at it? Absolutely. And it validated everything that I had seen previously. So I launched my business in, in 2012 and I've been doing everything since then. I've been blessed that I ran into some situations. This is opportunities. Mm -hmm. where people have educated me and introduced me to other people, which have resulted in my publishing my first book, Smooth Selling Forever, in 2016. And I will be publishing my second book right after Labor Day called Trusted Advisor Confidential, along with a, a companion uh, workbook. So, you know, to kind of summarize everything, I, I do think that anyone can do anything that they're capable of doing if they want it bad enough. And I really think the formula for success or performance is talent times effort times opportunity. And if you combine those three together, you're leveraging your talents, you're willing to pay your dues and put in the effort and you put yourself in the right situation, you will be successful. I think more, more importantly than successful, it's happy. To me, success is happiness. You enjoy what you're doing. Uh, you can't wait to get up in the morning. Um, you know what your your uh, your compass is. And in my case, it's about helping other people. So that's a long-winded answer to your very concise question. Well, I love it. And this is where I just, I'm thankful we met because I know even too, when we first got on the call, you were saying, wow, we are really similar. And there are 
so many similarities of us, but there are so many differences too of just our journeys. And I think, you know, I love that you look at it as opportunities. It's not failures or, you know, big challenges. Of course they're challenges, but it's opportunities. What did you gain from it? How did you learn from it? Where did you even get new perspective on things? And that's where I love that you brought that up because success can mean so many things to different many people and the perspective can be different. But deep down, we need to remind ourselves that it, we have to work hard. We have to use our talents. We have to put effort into it in order to deep down be happy. And that's where I just love it because there's no magic pill for all of us to be successful or to be happy. Maybe there are for a few people, but you know, you got to work hard. And so I love hearing about your journey and I love that you saw there was opportunities and to that you used even those that you had close to you to ask them for advice and to kind of validate your thoughts. And not that we all the time have to have someone else validate for you, us, but that's what you needed in that moment. And so I guess, you know, even to now that you're even in this, you've been in this for a while, you know, you have some things that are coming up, another book. And I guess what new opportunities are you hoping to experience or to learn from in the future to even keep progressing? I'm a lifetime learner. Mm -hmm. So I'm always looking to learn something new and share it with others in a way that is going to be helpful to them. And we are all on a life journey. And just to kind of piggyback on what you said, I was introduced to a book a number of years ago called Go for No. Oh, and yeah. that the traditional paradigm is people are either trying to run to success or run away from failure. And the whole tenet of that book is failure is the halfway point to success. Mm -hmm. And looking at challenges as opportunities for growth as opposed to impediments for success. You look at, you read the stories about Babe Ruth. You know, yeah, he held the home run record for a long time. What, all, what other record did he hold? Strikeouts. Strikeouts, okay. How many elections did Abraham Lincoln lose? How many businesses did he start that went under before he eventually became president of the United States? Mm. There are a lot of these stories. Colonel Sanders. He didn't start Kentucky Fried Chicken until he got his first Social Security check. And he said, I can't live on this. So he founded Kentucky Fried Chicken. Alan wow. Breed, nobody knows the name. He's the guy that invented the seatbelt for cars. It took him close to 20 years to get seatbelts mandated in cars. Look at Who's the guy invented the light bulb? He he was. Go ahead. I was saying, how many things did he like? Adjust Albert Edison was interviewed, yep. and he said, "Is it?" The journalist said to him, "Is it true that you failed to invent this thing you call the light bulb over ten thousand times?" Wow. He goes, 10, "No, I succeeded in finding out." 10,000 ways not to build a light bulb. And he continued on. Ooh, reframing it. I love that. Reframing is very important. It's, it's 
as we've all learned in the old B school term is attitude drives behavior. Mm -hmm. So you've got to get in your right mind, Luke. Cool hand, Luke. There I go with my little quips. Uh, so you have to get in your right mind. You have to establish your attitude. You have to understand what you really value in life. You have to have that bucket list. And as I said, with working with, with business owners and other trusted advisors, you need clarity around what you want to take to your grave. Uh, what legacy do you want to leave behind? And you need to document that and look at what you do professionally and ensure there's congruency between what you want out of life and what your profession is giving you the opportunity to do. And if there's a mismatch, uh, then you need to rethink it and find out a way to make sure that you're able to achieve your life dreams. Are your life dreams really realistic? You know, I'd love to be a billionaire, but at my age, unless something really, really strange happened, that's not going to happen. To me, that's not realistic. And it's the all idea about setting, you know, the old term smart goals, specific, measurable, realistic, time-framed, action-oriented. You got to be able to do that. You got to make sure they're real. Yeah. I would say, so what kind of legacy are you hoping to leave behind, Craig? Oh, I can say this in a funny way, or I can say it sincerely. I would love people to show up my funeral and say, he impacted my life positively. I would not have been able to do what I did without getting to know him. And to me, that's what I want to be known for in one word. I want to be viewed as an educator or two words, educator and a giver. Yeah. I love that. Well, and that's, you know, I think that's where you and I have really aligned is that giving. And, you know, some people don't think that way. And I guess, you know, what even advice would you have for those of why they should switch that mindset of being a giver? Yeah, I think that's where everyone needs to start. Givers are rewarded. Depending on your religious philosophy and who you follow, you know, the people that have led their religions were extreme givers first. Mm. And in return, there was a promise that if you do these things, regardless of your religion, you're going to receive. Yeah. So you have to be a giver first. I love that. And I, I know we talked about this before the recording, but talk to me more about why sailing and selling and how they correlate together and the whole giving too. Thank you. I will dispel. I am not a sailor. Most people say, are you a sailor? I only know a few. No, I'm not a sailor. Uh, but when I was talking to people about my first book and really determining what we were trying to accomplish, we came up with smooth selling forever and talked to a sailor. He goes, you know, sailing is just like selling. Tell me a little bit more. Yeah. If you're going to win a race, you're going to win the regatta. You have to have a strategy. Got to have that in selling and in business development. You have to have the equipment, the tools, the systems Got to have that in sales too. 
and you have to have the right crew. You have to have the right people. So without having a strategy to win, how to attack the wind, the, the equipment, the tools that you need to be successful and the right crew, you're not gonna be successful in winning the regatta or winning the war to winning and retaining clients. Mm, I love that so much. And it's so true that it all, you know, molds together. And that's why I love to, and like now I'll think of you when we're out sailing and to just how it's a different framing for sales. Cause some people just think sales and icky, or they think too, they go to school to not sell, but deep down we're all selling no matter what we do. Uh, we are. Yeah, we never get around it. And I think the biggest thing that we have to understand also in terms of people that are buying, we have to understand that as salespeople, business developers, client acquisition specialists, people do not like to be sold, but they do like to buy. Mm -hmm. So if we go in with the right attitude and we're there to help, to assist, to empower and understand the journey that they're going to go on to make the best decision for them and communicate with them in a way that they want to be communicated to and give them viable options to explore. The whole idea is we've empowered them to make the best decision for them. Now they're going to need our guidance, particularly if they haven't brought our purchased our product or service before, uh, but that's what it's all about. And it's not manipulation. Manipulation is if it's self-serving, it's all about me, the seller. If it's all about the buyer and ensuring they make the, the best decision for them and having the willingness as a seller to walk away and just be honest and say, I'm, I'm not right for you. You're not ready for, we're not ready to work together. But I do know somebody else that can help you with exactly what you're looking for. Would you like me to make an introduction? Mm -hmm. End of the day, you're not coming off as a salesperson. They know that they are, that the buyer knows that you're focused on them and you're willing to help them. So if not now, maybe sometime in the future, you may end up working with them or because you've been able to develop a level of trust with them, they may introduce you to some other people that are a better fit for what you do. Mm -hmm. So many words of wisdom that you've talked about here, Craig. and. I could talk to you forever. And I guess, you know, what's one last of advice or piece of words of wisdom that you want to leave the listeners with today, even though you had a lot in that today? I think, I believe that it starts with the end. So what does success look like to you? Mm -hmm. And success has to be tied to life happiness. So, you know, some of the basic questions are, if you had all the time and all the money in the world, what would you do? That's going to really help you find your true north on your compass. And then it's a matter of working backwards, defining goals, life goals, 10-year goals, five-year goals, one-year goals, and developing action plans around those. So each day, each week, each month, you're getting closer to your ultimate destination. And it is, it is like sailing. It's a voyage. It's a journey. It is. It's not going to happen overnight. If it happens overnight, everybody else is going to be doing it. And it's right. probably not going to be uh, right for you. It's not going to be your true north. 
Mm. I love that so much. And I love that you have it all correlating to sailing and compass and um, just to remind us that it's going to take effort. We got to work hard. We got to give, we got to be kind. And um, also to be aware of the talents that we have, because I love how you two adjusted and um, saw opportunities to keep growing. So I appreciate you so much, Craig, for joining me on the show and also to do having time to spend with me and give me words of wisdom to keep going and not giving up. So I appreciate you very much and thankful that we met. So thank you, Craig. Well, Dawn, I appreciate the opportunity to get to know you and to be on this podcast. And hopefully we're going to finally meet in person in the near future, maybe next yes. Monday. I hope I'm, I I'm hope. getting things worked out. So I hope so. Yes. But thank you so much, Craig. I appreciate you. <laughs>